It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Feckin' Check-In, Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. Show. All right, Feckamaniacs, welcome to episode 19 of the Feckin' Check-In. My name is Trainer. with me is Toomey, my co-host, and this is the podcast where we discuss funny observations, entertainment, culture, and kernels of truth. Uh, also, this is part six of a season of episodes we've been doing called Noah's Ark, where we bring on other podcasters onto the Feckin' Check-In to discuss their start in podcasting, what keeps them passionate about it. So with that in mind, uh, this week, our guest is Andrew Mangan of ArsCast and ArsBlog. So we're very glad to have you on on the podcast, Andrew. Uh, welcome. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. I've never been on a podcast with the word feck in the title before, so this is a first. Well, we've got the feck and arse connection going here, so that's Well, there good, you like. go. Yeah, we've got a bit of a Father Ted vibe going on already. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Toomey, yeah. how are you getting on today? I am very good. I've spent the morning putting soft furnishings around my room and basically building a fort in the living room. Um, it's getting crazier and crazier each week. Um, so, yeah. That's what I've been doing this morning. I'm in good form and I'm on uh, holidays uh, and I was away in Connemara over the weekend with Liz, uh, my fiance. So I'm, I'm good. Good Very stuff. Good. Okay. So looking forward to this podcast, actually, I should say. I am a, a weekly listener to uh, ArsCast and uh, I'd say I listen to 70% of the Ars. No, a weekly listener to ArsCast Extra and uh, 75% listener to Arsecast. <laughs> so does that mean you only listen to 75% of each Arsecast or 75% of the Arsecast episodes? Every three um, out of every four? 100% of the Arsecast extra and 75% of the Arsecast. Sure, I, I guess. Saying, though, do you drop out three quarters of the way? Yeah, do you just listen oh, after oh. about 45 <laughs> minutes and then oh, I've had enough of that one now, I'm going to quit now. <laughs> Sometimes I, when I'm listening to the Arsecast extra, I'm driving and I have a commute. Mm. And you kind of divide the show into two parts. So the first part is kind of you and James talking about a recent football match or the recent ongoing things with, with Arsenal. So sometimes I listen to that bit and then you have a kind of a break in the middle. And yeah. then sometimes I don't get quite around to, to the second bit with the fans' questions and stuff to be c- completely transparent about it. Okay. Okay. Well, no, no, no it's, it's good to be honest here. I, I know where I stand with you now and it's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. So, at the risk of offending our guest who's given up his time any further, let's get into the podcast. <laughs> that wasn't uh, in the plans. <laughs> anyway, go on. Okay. And uh, look, uh, I was listening to a podcast you did just in preparation for this a few years ago. I think it was the 1% Better podcast. And, All uh, right. At the, yeah, it was, it was a great interview with Todd. And at, at the start, you were describing your own personality. Um, you described yourself as a procrastinator and a writer when given two words to pick to describe yourself. Mm. Um, and you mentioned like you were going in depth about how you got into just creative ventures and stuff. And you mentioned that you used to love losing yourself in English essays um, and that you wanted to become a radio DJ. So you did a diploma in broadcasting and journalism. Uh, but like when you were in school and college or not college, sorry, in school, you could never quite stand studying subjects you didn't think mattered to you. And as I was listening to this, I felt like I was listening to my, my 17 year old self Um <laughs> But just with the regrets of not doing something like uh, broadcasting and journalism in college, which I never did, or a diploma or whatever. But um, And then you mentioned at one point that you actually worked in Aircom, I think around 2010, which I did as well around 2011. So it's, it, there was a lot of uh, comparisons there. Mm. Uh, but then you left that and then you went into basically what you're doing now. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was earlier when I worked for Aircom. I, I started sorry. working for, for Indigo, which was the, the ISP oh, yeah. back in the day. And then Indigo and Aircom kind of merged together. I think it was still Telecom Aaron 
actually right. might have been. And then it became Aircom and it all got merged together. But that was like the late 90s, early early 2000s and what have you. So, oh, sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. Uh, and were, were you based in a telephone house on Marlborough Street? Would you work, have worked there? Or? I was in East Point Business Park, uh, the greyest right. place in Dublin. <laughs> when you when you go there every single day, you learn that there are new shades of grey that you never thought existed. <laughs> Even on the sunniest days, you look at the buildings and you go, oh, look at that. It's just relentlessly, hopelessly grey uh, yeah. every single day. So, yeah, I didn't particularly I, – I like the people, working with people was good, but the job wasn't really me, you know? Yeah. Um, I've, I've actually w- worked in East Point Business Park myself. I can mm. relate to that. There's a lot of different shades of grey in there. Uh, and actually, I just work close to it now. I work in East Wall. So pop over there for a lunchtime market on a Wednesday, which is a bit lively and a bit of colour uh, uh, to kind they, of uh, cover up the grey. But um, They didn't yeah, have that when I was there. They had a Sentra and that was it. <laughs> yeah, the Sentra's still there. Yeah. Um, good the stuff. Green, green and yellow from Sentra there to colour in the grey. Yeah, sure. A little bit That's of segue there. Bright, brighten up our lives. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you've obviously got ArsCast and ArsCast Extra as your two podcasts, and you've also got uh, ArsBlog, the ArsBlog website. So that's mm. been going for about 18 years or so, is, is that roughly accurate? Yeah, the website started in February 2002, so okay. it has been going a long time now, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know what more to say about it than that, other than <laughs> it has been a big part of my life for a very long time. And then the podcast in about 2010, is that right? Six, 2006. 2006, sorry. So you were... You were very early out of the gate with podcasting. That wouldn't have been like a common pursuit back in no. the mid-2000s at all. No. Uh, so, no. Yeah. Um, especially if, especially football fan podcasts. It must have been one of the only ones in the world at that stage. I, I think imagine. so. I think maybe around the same time, maybe The Guardian started their podcast, Football Weekly. I think it started maybe a bit before or maybe a bit after. I can't quite remember. But from from what I can remember of 13 years ago holy shit um which isn't a great deal because uh my mind is increasingly erratic but it, i i feel like podcasting was very tech based or tech orientated like people were talking about like um what's the best way to you know route your tcp ip through your you know what's it's and stuff like that so yeah. there was a lot of there was hmm. a lot of uh technology based um podcasts and internet maybe you know that that kind of stuff but i think it probably was one of the very first football podcasts and probably i put some money on it being the first club specific football podcast um back then yeah and then thinking specifically about 2006, like we've just kind of briefly discussed, there weren't many podcasts out. What gave you the confidence to firstly know, know that you could do something like that, know that you could put something out there and people could listen to it? And then how did you come around to, to actually like saying, right, well, I'm, I'm going to record this. I'm going to release it. Like what, what were the things that had to happen for that to start off? Um, okay. Well, I mean, I knew I could do the talking bit because I'd, I'd spent time previously working as a radio presenter, as a DJ. It was something I, I did a lot in my teens and in my twenties. And, you know, even, even in my sort of late twenties, I did a bit of that as well. Um, so I knew I was, uh, put me behind a microphone. I'm very happy. I'm quite happy to talk all day. So it wasn't so much that that was the issue. It was like, well, does anybody want to hear it? Really? Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I sort of, um, pitched the idea on the website 
to people like, would you listen to this if I did it? And people said, yeah, I think, yeah, we would. So I did. I mean, it was, it was a fairly ramshackle operation at first. I got like a USB microphone. I didn't have a microphone stand. I didn't have a pop shield. Um, I had to sort of balance the microphone in a, in a mug full of pens and stuff like that and sort of talk talk into it sideways and stuff okay. like that until I managed to to sort of um, upgrade my setup a little bit with, with, with some of the basics that you need to, to do audio properly. But um, it, it really was, it was just about doing it, you know? And as you said at the start, I've often been a bit of a, pro- a procrastinator and I think about things and should I do it, shouldn't I do it? But this was one I felt pretty confident um, that I could do. And it, it was... It was really um, exciting because at the end of the day, if you work for a radio station, um, you know, as much as you can have a love of broadcasting and that kind of stuff, they tell you what to say a lot of the time. They tell you Mm. what music to play. They tell you how to say the things you're supposed to say and all that kind of stuff. Whereas with podcasting, it was like, well, I can say whatever I want, however I want, whenever I want. I can do silly voices and make up characters and do little funny sketches. I mean, I have funny and in inverted commas here because, you know, well, they're, <laughs> they're, <find> funny. <laughs> I find them funny and that's my marker for everything. Whether that's true of everyone else, I'm not quite sure. So from that point of view, it was a really exciting idea that you have this blank slate, an audio blank slate to do with what you want, which is kind of what I did. A lot of creative freedom there compared oh. compare to uh, broadcast radio. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the, uh, Arscast, the podcasting side of it, that kind of built on from the Ars blog. So the Ars blog is probably the most popular uh, football fan website in the world. So did that kind of come first, the Ars blog and sort of building that up? And then Arscast was kind of built on top of that? Yeah, yeah. Way? I mean, look, I had the platform, the, the website had been going for over four years at that point. So I had a platform on which to to launch this podcast. You know, I was reaching tens of thousands of people every day with my writing so uh, the people who are interested in listening to me speak um i was able to reach them directly so it gave it a great um a great boost from the start you know like if mm. i was just some guy uh, tomorrow who wanted to set up a podcast about arsenal of course you can do that and you yeah. know uh, people should if they want to do something go do it but not everyone has you know, four and a half, five years worth of of work behind them in order to sort of give it this this push. So, um, you know, the two things exist side by side very happily. The writing mm. is still going. The podcasting is still going. So, you know, they all kind of feed into each other in their way. I mean, there are people who will only read the site and don't listen to the podcast. There are people who listen to the podcast and never read the site. So, you know, that's that's the way it goes. They're, they're, they're quite happily married, but they have uh, separate bedrooms, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of have... Had, uh, you had children to continue the analogy from from the Ars blog uh, website, sure. so you had kind of followers already. Yeah. Um, so you had a brand. You put in a huge amount of work. It sounds like to to get that brand built up. And I think when we we've started off in podcasting, um, this is actually our third podcast, um, and we don't have that kind of platform to yeah. that launch pad to to build up. So we we find it actually quite difficult to to grow the numbers and the listens because let. There's less people who are interested than you'd think, if that makes sense. So you think, like, if I share it with all my friends, they'll pass it on to their friends, and then it will grow every week. It doesn't seem to work out like that. Yeah, it's not quite the ripple effect, is it, when you you throw the stone in and the ripples go far and wide? It's more like when you try and skim a stone and it goes twice and then goes... (laughs) like yeah. that 
<laughs> you and then you have to throw another stone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got to yeah. keep throwing stones and hope that you get like a nice six or seven skimmer one time. And that, that sort of, uh, that does it. But I mean, I think you're, you're, you're touching on something that's really important when it comes to podcasting is that consistency and regularity and, and just getting the episodes out there and engaging with people are really an important part of, of growing a podcast. If the yeah. podcast is the only platform you're using. Yeah, definitely. And just maybe one final question about the uh, the Arscast for this section. Um, how did it start with Arscast Extra with James? How did you guys meet and how did you decide to, co- how did you come about to the to decide to do a podcast together. Well, James had been part of the the Ars blog community, if you like, for a long time, and he'd appeared as a guest on the Arscast. And it just occurred to me that on a Monday after a game, there was probably a room for another podcast which dealt with the weekend's football. You know, you could talk about because the thing about like I do the the Arscast regular is on a Friday. And you have a game on a Friday and Saturday or a Saturday or Sunday. That podcast is immediately out of date. You know. Mm. Mm. But it, it just occurred to me that that if there was something that existed after the game, it kind of lives a little bit longer. And of course, people are interested in how did we play? Did we do well? If you win, how great is it to win? If we didn't win, what went wrong? Um, what's the analysis of this? You know, good, bad, or indifferent? What did we do tactically? All those kind of things. So I just said it to him. Look, I, I think there's a market here for a podcast. Do you want to do it with me? And he said yes. And that's okay. kind of it. You know, there's, 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 um, sometimes Pretty people think, yeah, sometimes people think things are more complicated than they actually are. <laughs> there wasn't some romantic story you didn't meet. No, 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 no. In a crowded room. Sadly not. Sadly not. It was just an extension of something I'd already been doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Great, great stuff. We're going to move on to the culture part of the say, podcast now. So I just a question for you, Andrew, about mm. uh, football fan culture. So obviously you're interacting with a lot of different football fans uh, over the years, over the past 18 years since mm-hmm. you've been doing this. And can you, like, is there anything in particular about Arsenal fan culture that you have found over the years that's different to other clubs or specific to the club uh, that might be of interest to the listeners? Some kind of character traits that are common among the Arsenal fans. It's very difficult to generalize in that way because first, you know, I don't know what, the characteristics and the traits are of every other fan base because I'm very, very obviously invested in Arsenal and and what have you. You see bits and pieces, of course, but I think it's really difficult to generalize. Um, And the other part of it is that for the, for the most part, when it comes to social media and that kind of engagement, you cultivate your own experience in a way uh, by who you follow and who you talk to and and those kind of things. So you can have uh, a combative Twitter life, if you like, um, (laughs) if that's what you're into, which, you know, I'm not because it's just like, what's the point? It's a waste of time. Um, I think, uh, you know, my experiences with Arsenal fans online have been, for the most part, extremely positive. Um, It's been a big part of my life for for many years. Uh, I do feel like, and this could easily apply to other fan bases as well, but I do feel like there's a sort of, there's a, a good element of gallows humor to Arsenal fans online because you know we've had our successes but we've also had our our difficult moments as well and I think a way of dealing with those difficult moments you know some people go crazy uh some people want to jump out windows most people just kind of want to compartmentalize it and move on to the next thing that's going to drive us mental so I think there's probably a, a good 
element of humor um certainly among the arsenal fans that i uh deal with online for sure mm. very good and um has Arsenal fan culture changed over the years? I mean, there was the whole Arsene Wenger era and I suppose the, the reactions to that is. And then there was like when Arsenal were challenging for, for titles and then there's been different eras with Arsenal. Now they're, they're kind of, um, I suppose, a, a top four finish next year would be a good mm. outcome. So is there changes in the way people, you've noticed the fans are discussing Arsenal or is there even divisions in, in within Arsenal fan culture over different things? Yeah, look, you know, the, the, there is, even though everybody is nominally the 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 um, fan of the same club, there's always going to be differences of opinion. That's part and parcel of football. It's the Judean people's front versus the people's front of Judea <laughs> kind of stuff, you know? Um, that even though you are under this one umbrella as an Arsenal fan, it doesn't mean that divisions don't exist and there are schisms and there are factions. And uh, that's true of every large group of people, whether it's football fans or religious people or whatever, pop fans, you know. I'm sure Taylor Swift has, like, you know, super Taylor fans. And then there are the other ones who think, whatever, I I don't know. I, I bet yeah. that there are divisions within that fan base as well. You know, are you a better Taylor Swift fan than me? How dare you? That kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, look, everyone has an opinion on a player. Everyone has an opinion on a manager. Everyone has an opinion on a performance, on a transfer, on a game, all of those things. Um, once they once they stay within the the realms of of uh, decency and manners you know you can easily disagree with somebody about whether you think this guy's a good player or that guy's a good player um i i think that's good i think it's a positive thing i think it's one of the great things about football is that you know you don't have to agree with anyone or everyone mm. for that matter mm. and you can disagree with someone and that's fine too many people i think feel like because you know, let's say you disagree with me about this. Well, we're enemies now and I'm yeah, going to yeah, kill yeah. you. Or mm. I have my mission in life is to convince you that you are wrong. You're 100% wrong. And my way of thinking is the right way of thinking rather than just going, okay, well, I don't really agree with that, but fair enough. Let's just move on with our days and not spend all day arguing on Twitter. You know, that way. Yeah. Yeah. I did mention on Twitter there, I did see something quite funny related to what you're talking about recently. Uh, somebody had posted up, people don't want to hear your opinion. They want to hear their opinion coming from your mouth. <laughs> That's uh, which, great. Which, <laughs> <laughs> which is definitely a certain category of fan. Uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is good. And, and you're on Twitter quite a lot uh, via the Arsblog uh, kind of Twitter page. And I've noticed there sometimes you have to, I suppose, point out when fans are going too far. Or uh, I suppose my question here is like, have you noticed with social media, with Twitter and Facebook and different formats, ha have people become more strongly opinionated because they're hiding, hiding behind the an anonymity of a social media handle? Yeah, look, I think, I think that's true. Yeah, it's it's a general truth, you know, whether it's football or politics or whatever it might be. I think it is a, a general truism that that people I, I think what maybe frustrates me most is like a lack of nuance at times is like, you know, not everything is black and white. You don't have to love something or you don't have to hate it. You can be kind of indifferent to it. You don't, you, yeah. you know what I mean? I think yeah. there's this sense that you have to have a really strong opinion on something at all times mm. um and that's just not true there are lots of things you don't care about or i don't care about and mm. if you don't care about them then just don't worry about it you know but but 
yeah with with football and with with the way i suppose that a lot of these interactions take place people feel the need to be quite uh, emphatic about the things that they say and the way that they say them and we do try as much as possible on the site and everything else to to sort of maintain a level of discourse which is reasonable you know don't mm. get involved in stupid name calling and that kind of stuff so um i think we we do well to avoid you know most of it but it is what it is um and really i don't know that you can change the mindset of a lot of people who are like that so i think a lot of the time it's just a question of looking at it and going well i'll move on or i'll de i'll i'll talk or engage with somebody who is at least open to a discussion yeah and and that always reminds me of the the psychological um concept of cognitive dissonance so that's when it's it's actually difficult to see the gray it's much easier and much more comfortable for human beings to think in black and white and mm. think in categories so it's actually it's actually a lot more effort to to see both sides and it's, mm. it's you don't have a clear narrative in your head so i think a lot of people maybe just pick one side rather than seeing the nuances mm. for sure um, Mm. Yeah, and it, I, I think also myself, with the advent of social media, I think people put pressure on themselves to form an opinion that they don't necessarily have formed because it's so quick to make a post or it's so quick to reply. Um, and they feel like, especially people with Twitter accounts, I think a lot of the time, they feel like they need to be outspoken because what is it for other than posting your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, very true. Like sometimes you can just say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> The best approach sometimes. For sure. Uh, for sure. Absolutely. That's our segue to the next section. I do absolutely in an Alex Ferguson accent. Absolutely. Okay. Keep working <laughs> okay. on it. <laughs> right. So let's move on. So uh, the F in the second check-in acronym is for funny observations. So Sometimes people struggle with this one. It doesn't have to be like stand-up comedy type funny, but are there any funny observations that you've had uh, since you've been doing podcasting, something that's come up a number of times or something to do with the intricacies of podcasting that uh, listeners might find interesting or funny that uh, you, you maybe something you've struggled with or something that happens very often and uh, might be of interest? That's a very, very broad question, isn't it? Um what is a funny thing about podcasting? I suppose a funny thing is that when you have a a, a long-running kind of show, you can sort of develop little things that, that are only really relevant to your audience. Okay. You know? Um, so one of those would be magpie facts. <laughs> that we do on our podcast. Um, I can't, uh, t for the life of me at this point, remember how it started. It was probably a discussion because I had the window open here and you could hear magpies outside and we started talking one day about magpies um, where we made up some magpie facts or maybe they were real magpie facts. I can't remember. And James, who's my co-host on the Arscast Extra you know, started singing a jingle for Magpie Facts, which was a tuneless kind of thing. But then one of our listeners made an actual jingle out of it with, you know, heavy guitar behind it and everything else. And if you mention magpies or if any story emerges about magpies in anywhere in the world, we get sent it all the time. 
um, <laughs> because we are now considered the, the Magpie Facts podcast, but, even though it's ostensibly a football podcast. So you're experts in magpies now. We're experts in magpies. There's not much we don't know about the uh, the the evil magpie. So. I, I think that's one of those things is is just like little catchphrases um, yeah. mm. and things like that which emerge over the course of a, a, a podcast which would make absolutely no sense to anybody else in any context, but yeah. to the listeners are absolutely perfect and spot on. So, uh, And what was funny about Magpie Facts is it became like – a key part of the show during the lockdown for coronavirus it became like yeah. the thing that people were looking forward to bring on the magpie facts like, yeah so. yeah i mean yeah. look at and the thing about it is it's it's an enjoyable piece of fluff and what have you and uh <laughs> you know th- th- look th- this is what i mean about podcasting being so great in that you have a blank slate you can yeah. do what you want you can do what you want. And maybe the only people in the world on the radio who can do whatever they want is like Howard Stern, somebody like that, where he can mm. just put the mic up and talk absolute bollocks uh, and nobody's going to pull him up on it. Whereas you guys or me or anyone else out there who's got a podcast or wants to do a podcast can just do their do their own thing and say whatever it is they want to say. So There's a great freedom in that as well. And I've noticed even on, on your podcast, sometimes you might lose your train of thought in a question or forget mm. what you were going to say. And like you and James, you don't make a big deal of it. You just kind of brush it off and it's part of the, the banter almost. Well, it's, that's no it. Pressure. I mean, it's a, it's a really, uh, how will I put this? Um, it's a medium which, which lends itself to imperfections. Mm. Like, you know, you know, and I'm sure you've listened to podcasts which are really, really heavily scripted. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And they kind of, for me, a lot of them don't quite work because mm. of that. Or you hear a podcast which isn't supposed to be scripted, but is. That's right. Those are the worst ones. Whatever about your, like, 17-part crime, true crime podcast series where, in the end, they don't tell you what happened, which drives me <laughs> mental about podcasts. Like, I don't know how many of those I've listened to where it's like, well, any minute now we're going to find out who the real killer was. And then at the end they go, well, we don't know who did it, but stamps.com, you know, or yeah. whatever that MailChimp was, you know, that kind of thing used to drive me mental. But – you know, a podcast which is supposed to be a bit more informal when they script stuff, it 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 just doesn't really work. And I think listeners really like that about uh, podcasts and, and podcast conversations. And I think, you know, a really great um, example of this is Mark Maron. Um, mm, if yeah. you listen to his podcast, WTF, I think what he did, perhaps better than anybody, like interviewing somebody is not a new thing. Like no. sitting down and talking to somebody for an hour is not new. But what he did in, in, in his podcast was he allowed the conversation to sort of go wherever the conversation was going to go. Like he didn't have his list of 20 questions. And then when he, you know, the guy answers the first question, you move on to the next question is genuinely a conversation. And I think that, that I- informality is a really important part of podcasting. Like if you, if you fuck up, if you make a mistake, if you trip over your words, you don't have to go back and edit it out. You can just let it exist, and it sort of gives you this more human podcast host, if you like. You know, that's, I think that's, that's a really- ex- 
sorry to interrupt, that's exactly the word I was thinking of. It's, I think it's actually the most human form of entertainment because mm. everything else is edited to death, like films, uh, whatever, music, everything, mm. live performances even. People are like not even performing live a lot of the time anymore. Uh, there's so much backing tracks and all that type of stuff. But podcast is just raw and it's out there and it allows you to show your own humanity. Like, yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. It's 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 a chance for everybody to sort of, to get across, uh, get across their own personality. In some cases, that's really good. In mm-hmm. other cases, perhaps not so much. But then it, that's up to the listener, isn't it, to decide whether that's for them or not. Yeah, sure is. And, and there's a certain magic in spontaneity. And we found in our experiences, if if something is messed up with the audio, and then we have to go back and re-record mm. the episode, and we try to say the same things again, it actually is nowhere near as funny. It's just no. the magic is all gone. Did you ever find that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't. I don't. I don't do that, you know, but I know exactly mm. what you mean. I'd never, like, there have been times, for example, where where we might have recorded the first few minutes and something goes wrong or we have to go back and you just can't do the same gag that you did. I think spontaneity is, is a big part of it. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's very difficult to sort of reproduce the 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 energy that comes with saying something funny just off the top of your head when you know yeah. you're going to say it, you know what I mean? Your delivery is wrong or you think, oh, I didn't say the, that part. Yeah. It saps the soul out of you. Sure. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's, I know. It's a bit, like it's a bit dramatic, person. but yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> well, yeah. Like if, if we were to lose the audio of this and you were to come on and try and recreate that Skimming Stones uh, analogy, I don't think it would work nearly as well. Because That's, that's very yeah. true. And that genuinely is, is just something I thought of while we were talking. So... Yeah, that's exactly. A, exactly. I was going to ask about, in the context of this, about uh, Goodly Morning and, and how you and James always talk about that, uh, yeah. depending on how Arsenal do. But I think there's a fear almost of overanalyzing it and then maybe becoming too self-conscious of it. Do you, I wonder, actually, has that happened with, <laughs> with Goodly Morning? I don't, I don't know, because um, I can't remember how it happened. I mean, I think it was just trying to think of something that's better than good. Um, I, I don't really remember, but it just is part, like I said, it's just one of those organic things that came up and now it exists. Um, yeah. and if you were to walk down the street to somebody and say, goodly morning, they'd look at you like, what, what <laughs> are you on? What are you talking about? But they if that person, police. yeah, exactly. But if that person <laughs> happened to be an Arscast extra listener, they'd go, Hey, yeah, I got yeah. you. I got you. So goodly morning is when something good has happened with Arsenal. They've won a match or there's been good transfer news. Where What happens when there's? it's not a goodly morning? Is it just good morning or morning? Yeah, that's a good yeah. question. I don't know. We just sort of, yeah, it depends on the level of it. If it's just a regular morning, it's just a good morning or morning or how are you? But sometimes, sometimes it can be a badly morning, but that doesn't quite work. I don't know. We just, you know, like I said, we just put the mics on and start talking and like an hour and a half later we stop and that's kind of it. Do you have a kernel of truth that you live by or that means something to you to do with podcasting or to do with your work? It'll be something you've learned as well. Something I've learned. Don't pick it. It'll never heal. (laughs) No, I mean, um, when it comes to podcasting, I I think the most important thing, and and this is true of of, uh, writing as well, certainly, um, from my perspective, and writing about football and writing about something like we touched on earlier, people expect you to have an opinion on, you know? Mm. Um, if Arsenal lose a game, <clears throat> you can analyze why we lost, but but you have to have an opinion as well. 
I think being truthful and being really honest is the only way to go. Like, never pander to what you think your audience wants. Never say things or write things that you think people want to hear just for the sake of hearing, you know, because you can never stand over it then. Like, you can be wrong, Mm. but at the time that might be very, very sincerely what you believed and what you thought. And maybe in the future with, with evidence or with the passing of time, your opinion might change on something. But I think yeah, you yeah. can you can always go back then and say, well, look, at that moment in time with, with, with what was going on, that's what I thought. And that's that was my honest opinion. But if, you, if you're just making stuff up or if you're saying, well, I think like the popular thing now would be to say this, Somewhere down the line, you're going to contradict yourself. Like, yes. how many times have you seen on Twitter or whatever, <clears throat> some opinion columnist somewhere writes uh, a column about something, right? Mm. And then someone else drags up another column from like five years previously, which says almost the opposite, right? Yeah, because have certainly seen that. There's, you know, that's, I think that's a quirk of that kind of work because there's only so many things you can have opinions on, right? Really, in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, how many, how many things do you really have opinions on? Do you really care about avocados? No, you don't. Yes. But, you know, you've got to file 800 words, so you've got to talk about avocados. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, so I think that would be my thing is just be honest. And if people don't like that, well, that's on them. It's not on you. That's them. That's true. And it's kind of me, like what I'm taking from it is that like you're saying, if you have the courage of your convictions, that will stand to you in the long run rather than pandering to yeah. what's popular currently, basically. Yeah. I mean, you, you, this isn't really about like sort of making a big stand or, over something societal or whatever it is. Uh, from my point of view, it's just what I think about a football match or a football player or something like that. Um, but, you know, it is really about the ability to to sort of stand over the work that you do and the things that you put out in the world and say, this is what I think. And if you don't like it, that's fine. We don't have to agree, as we mentioned earlier on. Um, and you could be completely right. In five years' time, you, your opinion could be totally justified. There are times where you write things and maybe you get it wrong. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with getting things wrong, though. You know, in, in, in and of itself, if you're, once there's nothing egregious, you know, mm. it might be a question of saying like, well, I don't think this guy's good enough to play for Arsenal. And like two mm. years down the line, he has a great season and everyone goes, ha, ah, you were wrong. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what? That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay to be wrong. You know, it's okay to have opinions. It's okay, you know, for them not to turn out to be true. And I think people are very scared of, of that in a way. They don't want to be seen as having the wrong opinion or being on the wrong side of things. But if it's what you really think, then so what? Yeah, and it's a relief as well to be able to admit that you're wrong. Um, sometimes, like, if you defend your point of view strongly, you actually get, you come across as a bit of a prick sometimes. Not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. One, yeah. one, one in general. Uh, and just a follow-up follow question about being kind of true to yourself. Um, sometimes you mentioned there you, you have to criticise football players and different people working in Arsenal as mm. well. Do you ever worry about censoring yourself or, or if you're too strong on an opinion? I'll give you an example from our podcast. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, we did a parody 
basically slagging off Ronan Keating. So we we did the top five cover versions by Ronan Keating. <laughs> how how he ruined like classic songs like Cat Stevens' uh, Father and Son, for example. Yeah. And then afterwards, I feel I felt really. Um, I don't know. It felt like maybe it shouldn't be out there on, on the internet that I we'd been sort of slagging him off a bit. Um, have you ever had that kind of feeling about uh, talking about players or anything to do with Arsenal? Yeah, there have been a couple of times where I, you know, I, I when I look back, I think I probably could have worded things differently. Um, and I think as you as you mature as a as a writer, as a podcaster, as a speaker, whatever it might be, and also as a person, as a man, you know, there are ways that you would communicate things now i'm 48 now i started the website when i was 30 so you you're different at 30 mm. than you are at 48 right that that's just life right we all grow yeah. up a bit and what have you so yeah there there have been times where i would you know if i could go back and write things slightly differently i would of course yeah you know mm. but i think it also feeds into into what i was saying about if it's genuinely your honest opinion at the time, then it's okay. Um, mm. Maybe it's not the opinion so much as the way you express the opinion. Yeah, that could be the different. That could be the difference in, in how you yeah. do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, then that was a very interesting chat, um, and we're going to wrap up the episode. Uh, by asking Andrew if he would like to choose a song of the week. So this is how we finish out each episode of the Feckin' Check-In. So a song that you like or means a lot to you or you've been listening to recently or is particularly relevant to you at the moment. Um, that's really difficult. I find it very hard with music. Um, you know, as somebody who was a DJ for years and, and everything else, I was always massively into music. I find less and less, I've got less time to... Um, to dedicate to music because I've got so much else going on. I'm listening to podcasts and, and everything else. So it's not necessarily a song that means a great deal to me, but it is something that I heard on the radio the other day and I really like it partially because, um, one of the people involved is my cousin. Okay. <laughs> um, Nepotism is still alive. Yeah, there we go. Um, so that that's a part of it. Um, and the other part of it is I just think it's a really a really good track. Um, so the song is Deep Blue by Mango and Mathman featuring Lisa Hannigan. Um, I think it's oh, a, cool. I think it's a cracker. So uh, I'll, I'll throw that out there for for my cousin Mango. And um, uh, thank you guys for having me on. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. I, I re as a weekly listener to your show, 75%. <laughs> I really enjoyed having you on. It was a real honor and I really enjoyed that. So I'll hand it over to trainer to uh, close out the show. No, no, my yeah. pleasure. I was, I was going to walk out after 35 minutes just to give you 75% of this podcast, but there you go. I decided to <laughs> stay to the end. <laughs> that would have been excellent. <laughs> uh, but no, in, in all honesty, thanks a million for doing that. We really appreciate you giving up your time, especially during the middle of the day. So thanks a lot for that. And that was a great chat. I really learned a lot there about podcasting and just your general approach to how you produce content. It was, it was quite interesting getting that insight. So really appreciate that. That's going to do it for this episode of The Feckin' Check-In. We're going to play out on your cousin's song. Any final words for the listener to me? Been through the highs and lows, still the energy lights my soul. But I'm still here to spite my woes. You know how it goes, it's the life we chose. You were there from the start, again it was hard. 
dreams are moving on But it never works when they tear us apart Summertime and wear form Just another child to care for Care when there ain't much to care for Back into the road of the airport But I couldn't leave you be Your heart close to mine and feel you breathe I belong in this deep blue sea I belong in this deep blue sea Either red lights or red line Blue lights are hard to sprawl Give me war with a cop and a star With a no with a name written all on the wall Same old name as you hollered Looking to the lane where I followed Looking for some change in the squalor While we wave with the saints and the scholars Another point for your mind to the sands of the strand But we held the hand She asked me what's the plan Said I know what will be grand I need to sleep Far hard just to keep you free You belong in this deep blue sea You belong in this deep blue sea Now, seven towers is a knockdown. Generation shot down. Some gave up, but others stayed here when they got down. Getting up, getting high, getting down, getting nowhere. Heartbreak, good, you don't care. Gotta leave, but I don't know where. Now I don't know where. So, some will stay stranded, but it's not how we planned it. Everything telling me I can't quit, and I can't understand it. So, we'll see through these hard times to lead to me. We belong in this deep blue sea. We belong in this deep blue sea. There's no way.